Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Good evening, everybody, to the deeply unserious, probably no Georgia-related bark after dark. I mean, it's it, yeah, we, we, get it out of the way off the top. Get stay out of our comments. Disclaimer: Listen, yeah, if you if you're tuning in for the latest on Georgia football, you have come to the wrong place. That is not what we do here. We have fun. We do. We will talk probably some Georgia tonight with our guests, uh, which who we're very excited about. Um, but, uh, do appreciate everybody who does tune in and appreciates what we're up to, man. What a week, Jake, well, cold as hell. Yeah, it's been cold, man. Like, uh, I had like three partially drunk water bottles in my truck when I got in there this morning, every day one of them were frozen. Oh yeah. Just frozen solid. Um, yeah. So, what, did, what, what was your lowest? What'd you get down to? Uh, I don't know. I don't really pay attention. Right. To it the got water. down to like six here. Oh, Okay. It was so what happens up in so what happens with, to the Tennesseans up there? Hey, hey, you watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's 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 waste no time. Uh, listen, the man that we're going to bring on tonight built a giant at uh, Bama Online. His name's Tim Watts. He loves malt liquor, and we're just glad to have him <laughs> on. All right, what's up, what's Tim? Up? What's up, fellas? 
Yeah. I wore my Braves hoodie for you guys, yeah. even though I know you're both New York Yankee fans. Oh, don't start <laughs> with me now. Jake tells me every day he loves some A-Rod. So. Don't start with me now. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I love A-Rod when he likes to talk about bunting. You know, like the, the A-Rod, the bunting expert. I love, I love his bunting talk. Yeah. <laughs> All that sacrifice and runners for the greater good. That's hey, Rod. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Um, uh, you know, we we'd like to start this off, man. Just uh, give the folks a little bit of background for uh, the people who don't know T. Watts, uh, as we got you so uh, so graciously uh, identified as. <laughs> here. Uh, yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about it, man. Uh, where you? Uh, how did you get into this? Where are you from? Where does the Where does the Tim Watts story kick off, man? I can tell you where that name came from, and it's Shannon Terry's. But and he didn't even realize it. But when they hey, sent me a Tim, thing, Tim, we curse on here, just so you know. Like we let it. Oh, rip. you're speaking my language, Jake. Bro. <laughs> yeah, we, we we let it. We I let it rip. I didn't want to get y'all banned or call the CEO a DA on this show, but I was on the verge. But so Shannon sends me a laptop. The office sends me a laptop, and it's always J Row, J Roos. Well, this was T Watts. And I sent it to him like being funny, like, you know what that spells? And he didn't even know. And then he started calling me T. Watts. And it kind of, <laughs> it kind of, I, I, I created my own nickname accidentally. I thought it was funny. You know, Shannon, everything Shannon gets goes to a message board or Twitter. So um, I started this. I was running a college basketball service, recruiting rankings, loved it, go to AAU, did some seven on seven, all that stuff. And um, kept having college coaches uh, recommend me to people. And I had other companies interested in me, but Shannon Terry knew several basketball coaches. He had played at Lipscomb College. That was his first love. I love basketball as well. And uh, he kept calling me and he says, man, what's it going to take to get it done? And I was like, I'm not a great writer. He said, well, I can teach you to write. He said, we like scoop and the discussion and you love the game and all of that. So he ended up getting me to join on at BOL. We had like 700, 800 subscribers at the time. And, you know, it kind of just took off. I was running Rivals Hoops for him. And I was the main guy at BOL. Travis Ryer joined me soon after. And Shannon just called me one day and he said, dude, you just got to decide. Do you want to be on ESPN and doing recruiting rankings? Or do you want to, you know, own an Alabama website? And then he told me what they pay. And I went BOL only pretty soon after, and the, the rest is history. Still love hoops, but obviously love college recruiting and sports in general. I think Jake, and I'm, I'm sure Jake Roos, we share that in common. Like, if sports are on, I'm watching it to some degree. And um, not so much Olympics, like all the national guys tweet out. I don't know anything about curling. Um, don't really watch just the Wimbledon finals. I'm either watching Wimbledon or I'm not, but – Love sports and just got into it and, you know, been forced into staying at this long and met a lot of my best friends uh, along the way, guys that I have a lot in common with. Where are you from, Tim? I went to Pelham High School. I actually went to Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney, moved to Florida at the end of my high school life to live with my dad and then live in Alabaster, not far from yeah. where uh, uh, Pelham is, just a few miles up the road. They call it Thompson University here. So, I mean, you're aware of the football programs that a different level in the state of Alabama. So never went too far from home. Yeah, no, that's a, and that's, you know, that it's cool to see Pelham kind of come up. My dad had, my dad's office was in Pelham. He lived in. Oh, Pelham, okay. And, good. And uh, yeah, he, he worked over in Pelham. Um, nice. Growing up, so, well, you know, uh, we lied to say we're from Birmingham usually. Because yeah, of course, of course. Nobody knows where Pelham and Alabaster is. We say Birmingham, but then once somebody will say what part, 
And then I'll say, well, actually, and then they sometimes they'll know it. A lot of times they'll know Hoover. You know, Hoover's a big area. They'll know that. So that uh, that that always makes the conversation easier. It's like uh, those people so, who say they live in Atlanta, but they live in Douglasville. Yeah, it's like an idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pelham has well, came up a lot. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, you say your names, but I remember when Pelham, I don't know if he was back there, the other side of 31 was just all mud, and we rode motors, it's all dirt, it was muddy, we rode our motorcycles over there, and now you, you know, everything's covered up with businesses and everything else, so I didn't know you connected over here, that's interesting. Yeah, so Bama Online, all right, take us through the stages of it, I mean, obviously it was it was there, and you ran the Alabama site and all that stuff, and I know Shannon was involved with it early on, but like, Alliance Sports rivals. I mean, I know. I, did it start all the way at Alliance, or, or was it? Did it come in the right rivals days? When, I was right there when Rivals bought Alliance, okay. and Shannon was part of that network where all the guys were together. And then Shannon rebought Rivals after he sold it to him. I came in right there. He didn't have a publisher. He didn't have anybody that really covered recruiting. The guy that was running Bama Online had another job good guy, but his preference was he loved baseball. Good guy. He loved college. He loved college baseball. So Cash Shannon kind of said, Go, huh? Cash cow, college baseball. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> hey, you know, you, you can't, you know, you love what you love. You know I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'd have probably felt different if I didn't have two young kids with Shannon, maybe my offer though, but I had two young ones and I knew, I knew that the uh, part-time gig was only and traveling, you know, traveling back then. And I loved it, man. When I was with Rivals Hoops, I was going to Vegas and I was traveling. I had some of my best friends. One of my guys I grew up with was our video guy, Jerry Meyer, who I, I think, you know, we all love. Yeah. He was doing it with me. And Justin Young was a friend for me. I got to choose my own staff, travel, see hoops and all that stuff in the summer. But at some point, you know, my wife was like, Hey, now I got two. I want a third. We're going to shoot for that daughter. We had the daughter on the fourth one. So um, <laughs> at some point it was just easier being at home, being in the state. And also AAU basketball changed a lot from when I was covering it. Now it came, you know, a little bit more of a mess when I was covering it. Now it was, it didn't matter the shoe you were at a, you were at an event. We would get to see you. Now I'm, you, you I'm dropped here. the term on me the other day. You're talking about kids. What's uh roots. What's he dropped the, uh, called babies. He called them shit and spitting potatoes the other day. When there's, uh, <laughs> hey, when they're young. <laughs> I never got to how cute and how fun they are. I'm like, they just look at me and I look at them and we're both drooling and have nothing to say to each other. You know, <laughs> I told my wife when they can point in that for, I remember with my oldest one, he, we had the pantry open and he was just screaming and pointing and I was grabbing like Cheez-Its, and I was just going through everything. I went picked everything up. He didn't want anything. And finally, she walked in and said, what do you want to him? And whatever he said, she went to the fridge. And I was like, I feel like that's on him. Because he was pointing <laughs> in the pantry. <laughs> he was pointing in the pantry like it was in here. So I was running down. And I, had no, I guess he was thinking, no, stupid, that's not it. As we yeah. went. But she walked in. She said, Bryson, what do you want? He points. She, he said something. She went to the fridge. I said that that ain't on me. That's he's got to learn. <laughs> that's on him. You know what I mean? I don't have you made that bed. You need to lay it. 
I yes. thought you were going to say you you grabbed the. I was going to thought she was going to say you grabbed the Evan Williams or the Jim Beam, and he was like, "Yeah, oh, man. yeah, you know." <laughs> it's my mom. We're getting Benadryl. That's what I told my mom when I was older. She's like, "Y'all didn't have trouble sleeping." I said, "You put me to bed drunk every night." <laughs> I said, "Benadryl." I couldn't I always had an allergy, mom. I couldn't have had an allergy every night at seven thirty, eight o'clock, right? Yeah. Always yeah. itching. You know, put it on. That. <laughs> I said, well, now they frown on that. It turns out, apparently. So, turns out my wife won't let me do it. Now, Tim, I'm curious. You you said you started with the AAU circuit, man, and, and just kind of following that around. I, but obviously, I think football has kind of taken that turn too with the seven on seven game and all that. I mean, has that been, I don't know, has it been surprising to see the changes in, in football and to see them kind of adopt that same model that you kind of came up with in the basketball stuff? Yeah, you know, one of the first humongous 707s was at Hoover High School. You know, I think that, that it was right here. Now, Texas is taking it to another level. You know, they have it. They have a lot going on. Florida's already have it. The warmer states has always had it. I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, it's, it was funny the whole time when people were talking about the bags and football and the, the agents or the uncles or all that. I was like... That was just mother, you know, that was a, that was called Friday in AAU basketball. You know, we always had guys that we dealt with and talked to that knew the polls. So it hasn't been a massive change for me with the seven on seven. It makes sense. I love that it's a showcase to see cornerbacks and wide receivers, especially being in the South. You know, you don't always get those big matchup schools, especially at the time. You had Hoover, who's pretty dominant. You had Prattville at one time that was pretty dominant. Now you have Thompson. But that's a chance to see guys that were like a quarterback in high school get that chance to be a DB or wide receiver of the seven on seven level so we can evaluate them. Um, I've always enjoyed it. I like seeing kids compete. And, uh, you know, that's part of the fun for me. So I'm not really surprised with the little changes that came along. And um, I hate the one thing I hate is the calendar. I hate the calendar. I think we all agree with the. We're following recruiting until three days before Christmas. I mean, it's bad for the college coaches. It's bad for the recruits. They're still dealing with it that long. You know, they don't get yeah. the Christmas break we're used to. And then you get the Christmas break. And then you've got the late period signing, which is a little slower. But then you got the windows that open with the portal. And then when the coaches changes, obviously, I'm dealing with that now. And we got the spring portal window. So the timing just a lot of pressure on the, you know, on the, on the, on the guys. And I know a lot of people see them, they're grown because they're six, five, two seventy, but they're still 19 years old. You're on, for the most part, you're only so mature at 19 years old. Now, some obviously are an exception, but most are the rule. You know, their mom is still washing their underwear. I was a yeah. fucking moron at 19 years yeah, old. Yeah. I, I, continue, I, I continue to be at 37 as well. So it's not like that I understand that. <laughs> So uh, taking you back to those AAU days, I, for those of you, obviously nobody's going to know this, but if I if Tim ever texts me and I tell him I'm anywhere but home, like I can be, I can be, you know, in Danville, Kentucky, and and Tim will Tim will have a food wreck. Tim Tim yeah. will have a well, man, hey, there's a there's a mom and pop joint off of 17. Is that where is that where you're kind of because both of us are food tourists, we love to travel. Is that where that came from for you? Uh, no, I just want people to eat right. You know, a lot of times I'm just using Google. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody, yeah. you know, people are like, you know, they're like, wow, you should run your own uh, company. I said, yeah, I'm going to call it like TripAdvisor. You know what I mean? Like I'm already going <laughs> to, 
might call it Yelp because apparently y'all don't know about it because y'all think I'm smart. And I'm gonna let it ride, but uh, no, I mean when I'm on the road, I mean not in my in my in the state, I pay no attention. But yeah, when I travel, I want to find the. You know, if I'm Chicago, I want a Chicago dog, right? If I'm in New York, yeah. I want New York style pizza. Um, you know, if you're in Atlanta, that's an area they can get it all day and all night, you know. But in 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 the south where I'm from, in Alabaster, you can't really find that kind of stuff. So I'm there, I like to enjoy it. You know, if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Italy, I'm not eating wings. You know what I mean? I'm not eating <laughs> we actually did eat wings in Rome last year. At the end of <laughs> hey, I'll be honest. Look, I will be honest with you guys because I like y'all. I know your fans hate me half the time, but I like y'all anyway. I was in, we had we were around day 19 or 18 of a trip to Italy. It was my last month at 24-7. I was coming here, so we were blowing it out. And we had had Italian food two times a day for 17, 18 days. So when my young my youngest son said, hey, there's a wings place, I was like, you know, I hate. And then we went and ate wings and burgers and everything else. So um, I, I get that totally, man. When yeah. I like I, I went to I went to um Africa. Uh, I did oh. six weeks. I did six weeks in Africa. Wow. And then, we did like two weeks over in Europe at one point too. And Amazing. the thing that I missed most was Mexican food. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe, you know, it's it, it, here. You just, you throw a rock, you can run into one. So yeah, I mean, nope. it was, it, but I, I craved Mexican food. They don't, they don't know about queso over there, man. They, <laughs> we, they haven't figured that one out yet. We did a cruise and we got off in a place in Mexico and went for Mexican food. And I was like, this don't taste right. My <laughs> wife's like, this is Mexican food, dummy. I'm like, mm. I'm going to have to disagree with you here. You know, like, is there, is there a Taco Bell? I feel like these people right here are missing it. She's like, no, this is literally it. Salsa came out. It was chopped up onions and tomatoes and stuff. I was like, they they didn't do this right. Well, I and do I have did. to say Tim Watts gave me the best food wreck I've ever had. GW fans in New Orleans. If you haven't That's, been, you got to go. You got to go. If you I, know you're going to New Orleans, go online and book your reservation, like, before your trip even starts. You got to get that res in because – uh that's a place where I feel lucky to be there when I go there. So yeah. Only it's time great. I've I ever recommended that place to, you know, we love New Orleans for years. When we had the kids, we had four not too far apart. So we basically went to Destin or New Orleans. And um in New Orleans, I've recommended GW Fins. We went there a lot, I mean 60, 70 times. I've never heard anything but A plus reviews. They really do it right there in New Orleans. And it's a uh, it's a good blend. But yeah, I like to recommend, especially if I've been there. I mean, we're going to uh, Spain in May. And I mean, one of the first we're building, we build the block around the, the tours, the excursions we're going to do and what we're going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. When, yeah so I, well, I got to, then I got to ask if I'm coming to Tim Watts's hood right now, where, where am I eating? Where, 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 uh, where, what's your restaurant recommendation in the neighborhood, man? We've got a really good place right around the corner called Champy's. Pretty original. I think it's a chain. It has seven yeah. or eight. But they uh, they have original tamales, Mississippi tamales that are fantastic. Their fried chicken, I know it sounds crazy because, look, I love Popeye's. Their fried chicken takes about 25 minutes to cook. Now, these yeah. people at Champy's, they soak theirs for like 24 hours. It's fantastic fried chicken. It's really good. Kids love it, have a lot of sides on there. Otherwise, I mean, we're pretty staple. My wife's been, she got... She went to war when it got cold. She came in. I looked up every, you know, every other day. She's got two or three cock, crock pots working. She will cook <laughs> it in the morning. She's found, I mean, look, white, you know, white bean chili, regular chili, vegetable beef stew. It's great and it's easy. She can freeze it, pull it out when we're hungry. So she's really did a good job. So I haven't really ate fast food in a long time, but 
you know, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm kind of a Taco Bell kind of staple guy. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll just yeah, jump yeah. in there and, you know, I don't care what the meat's made of. And I mean, these people, <laughs> when I don't care, I didn't ask all, I don't ask the questions, you know, I know it comes I, out. I, last, I can't remember the last time I ate Taco Bell and didn't think, mm, this is horse meat. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, mean, I like horse. I mean, apparently. I've gotten yeah. I've gotten away from the meat at Taco Bell. You can get anything made vegetarian. I just get I just get black beans instead of the meat, and then I don't have to think about it. But um, well, lots I, I got to tell you, there, Go there used to be a Champions in Athens, yeah. and okay. they, it, they moved out not too long ago. My me and my man Jake Roos drank a many a beer and ate a many a chicken thigh at a, at a Champions. I mean, it's I, a I mini. It's a really good place. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I drove home from Champies probably a couple of times that I should not have. They got the 40-ounce beers. You know, that's what they have live music. Food. They used to have crawfish. I haven't seen that lately. You used to go up there and get the crawfish they had, and that might have. Okay. I don't know if they quit doing that or if they're out of season, but, yeah, it's a good, easy place. We got another place called uh, L.A. Burrito right around the corner in a strip mall. It's very authentic. It's really good. Um, and they've stuck around in a spot that the past five or six uh, restaurants haven't been able to make it. They've been there three or four years, so you know it's did good. But, I mean, for the most part, in Alabasters, I mean, you're looking at uh, most of the chains, Olive Garden, Jim and Nick's, that kind of stuff. So not a lot of original stuff. And that's what we're used to, you know, pretty much normal. That's why when we're out of Alabaster, we're hitting it up pretty big. We're hitting it pretty hard anyways. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Well, uh, we've got we've already got a couple questions over here, Tim. So we we should probably get into it. And sure. I, people want to know how is Bama taking it, man? How are the how are the fans? If you're a subscriber of Dogs HQ, you can go over and read Bama online. But if you're not a subscriber of uh, Dogs HQ, how's it going, man? I mean, obviously Nick Saban is Nick Saban, dude. So yeah. it's there, there's no replacing Nick Saban. How is the transition gone though uh, for most? You know, I think it's been an ebb and flow. I mean, I understand Alabama fans because they couldn't get a 24-hour window of enjoyment. I mean, anything that happened, good, the bad counter. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think they finally just realized with Caleb Downs and uh, uh, Proctor, Caden Proctor hit the portal, that it is what it is. You're going to have to trust this to play itself out. I think that was the nail in the coffin. Like, all right, we're just going to have to ride it out. That was, was the worst part of it. But obviously, Nick Saban retired on the day he was doing interviews with other college coaches. I mean, a surprise roster, a surprise staff. I think it comes down to the personality on what they think. If you're a positive person, glasses half full, they think it's going to be all right. And they think they did a good job. If they're a negative person, I think they think the glass is definitely half full. Or maybe the glass is even broken for some of them. Some of them are really, really mad about everything that happens. But for me personally, I've just taken a wait and see approach. You know, we've never seen in this era the greatest of all time retire. I mean, it's the first time we've seen it in a social media. I mean, there's been great coaches. I'm, you know, obviously there's been great coaches, but in a day and age with every social media and everything else going on, uh, we've never seen it. So kind of a surprise, a playoff team, a number two class on the heels of a number one class. Uh, it didn't really end the way that most people predicted. Most people thought, you know, you look at Bobby Bowden and it was kind of a decline and Bear Bryant, there's kind of a decline. Nick Saban was still right about where he was every year when this happened. So I think it just comes down to personality. Some are very upset. Some are okay. I think a little good news getting some Washington portal guys this week helped. Um, I think the surprise is the most. And I'll tell you, y'all Braves fans, so I know you got this. Do you remember when – 
the Braves were trying to sign Freddie Freeman, and all of a sudden it was announced they traded for Matt Olson. Because I saw it yeah. on Dogs HQ. I saw it on the Georgia and Alabama sites because I know there's a lot of Braves fans. They lost their mind. You would have thought they signed me at first base. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 this guy's an all-star. He hits dingers, guys. Chill out. He's got an okay glove. Like, relax. And then when they figured out, oh, this guy's not bad, he's cheaper and he's five years younger, they were okay. But just the other day, Alabama got a commitment from a quarterback named Austin Mack. And yeah. the, first, the responses were, who the hell was he? And I hate it. What is going on? And I was like, those sentences can't go together. You don't know who he is and you hate him. So yeah. <laughs> um, I, it took a few minutes for me to scramble. I was like calling Charles Power, our national guy digging into the history the kid is 17 year old he's going to be 18 in june so he's already spent a full year in college he skipped his senior year out of the blue so but i think that reaction of not knowing is what you know and, and right now i think they believe the, the bama coaches can coach they don't know if they can recruit some will say anybody can recruit and others will say there's no way they can recruit you don't have all the southern guys you need so kind of kind of down the middle i think it depends on the moment it's almost sure. like that Caden Proctor and that Caleb Downs situation was like, hey, I got a new truck and I finally got a couple dents in it, and now we can kind of relax and drive this thing like we're supposed to. Uh, it's, yeah. it, it did seem like that kind of calmed them down a little bit. It's like, hey, it's not going to get much not gonna get much more tumultuous than losing two guys like that. I will, I will tell you, I know this thing will sting a little for the dog fans, but what really helped was Proctor, we were reporting, he's homesick. And they're like, yeah, homesick. You don't spell homesick with, without NIL. You know, that was the whole running. And that's a pretty funny one I stole from the guy. But he did end up at <laughs> Iowa. Now, if he'd ended up at Ohio State or Michigan, they'd have been upset. And also, Caleb Downs going to Ohio State because they went straight to, they got T-Rob to get Caleb Downs. You know, I'm like, poor T-Rob's just getting like, T-Rob, get Caleb or we're firing you. You know, I was like, dang, hard. <laughs> things relaxed them a little because their worst fears, obviously, going to programs they're going to compete against or going against programs they consider that they're equal. That would obviously, so that helped that they actually went, you know, in different directions and out of the South. If it, if it makes yeah. you feel any, if it makes you feel any better, Georgia fans are ready to fire T-Rob over not bringing Caleb down. Yeah. Too, I mean, so. I feel they were ready to, they were ready to fucking fire me. <laughs> they, wanted to, they wanted to fire me and Rusty and you and everybody. They called yeah. one guy, one guy, we, I put him on the road immediately. He called us charlatans. <laughs> he, thought, he thought he thought we had baited him into signing up for uh, she, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you dude yeah that, i mean i read y'all's reporting and you felt he was georgia had a good shot yeah. and and that's what happened to me with eric gilbert and you know in hindsight yeah. all those people saying tim i can't believe you got this wrong well do you still think it does eric look like he's an easy guy to predict by the way? <laughs> yeah all right yeah, so we're going go. to watch shade 37 <laughs> other coaches couldn't figure it out at the end but yeah, um, yeah, I saw that, the, that was, I saw the case. Go ahead, Jake. No, it was just a hard one to figure. You're talking about Eric Gilbert. That was a hard one to figure out, man. Yeah, and I mean, you don't. I mean, Caleb's a guy. The thing about Caleb Downs is he's a guy that holds his own counsel. I mean, that's the thing. He's grown. He's not telling a lot of people what. I mean, I'm sure he spoke to his closest people, his dad, or all those. But I think it was a very small group that knew what he might do. So it's hard. You're really just going with you know the visits. I saw. He was meeting for them for dinner uh, pretty close to when he ended up announcing or something. So, I mean, you know, in this business, you kind of go with what you know, follow the visits and all that stuff. But so that helped a little. What about uh, what about T-Rob, man? I'm curious, uh, you know, uh, Georgia fans still kind of obviously they're familiar with him. But I mean, what can you tell us about him? 
I think he did a good job at Alabama. I mean, I think that he helped with the play call this year and um, he did a good job of recruiting and keeping the, you know, helping keep that class together uh, before he left, especially in the first time. I mean, cause y'all know, I know it happens to the Georgia roster, but there's a ton of tampering, you know, there's a lot of kids being recruited right off your campus. And I know Georgia had some, uh, you know, drama with young DBs. Bama had some drama with people coming after them and, you know, getting in their ear and, you know, again, right before that 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 deadline, you got the kids at home for Christmas. <laughs> They're telling who's knocking on the door, you know. So, I mean, it's just the whole thing's a mess. But I thought T-Rod did a good job. I think he was well-liked by the Alabama staff. Uh, I think he worked hard. You know, I know he's got a relationship with uh, Will Muschamp, so that'll help. But I think he'll fit right in. I know Fran Brown left huge shoes to fill as a recruiter. He was a monster recruiter. I wasn't as familiar with him until the end when he was at Georgia. But – um, yeah, T. Rob, he's a you know, I think he's going to good good job. He's going to work hard. And, you know, I mean, the Georgia defensive guys with Schumann and Kirby, I mean, you know, they're gonna they're gonna take the reins on a lot. But T. Rob's got a lot of experience, has been a coordinator, so I think it was a good get for Georgia. Look at us talking. So you've been around football. this for a long time, a very very Co- long time. Share some, uh, share me, just share with us one of your best recruiting, one of your weirdest, wackiest. Uh, you know, whether it's a, a granddad picking up an NLI and running with it or or whatever, what's what's kind of the, the one that takes the cake for you? I tell you the oddest to me, it's not as dramatic as most people think, but first I had uh, I had Tim Tebow's mom and I got really close in the recruiting process. I get a f- phone call from her and she called him Timmy, which was funny. And uh, I mean, she talked about like, like if you didn't know him, you'd have thought he's a little baby you carrying around the way she talked about Timmy. <laughs> and she was worried to death Hoover was going to hurt him, Hoover High School, because they played him that year. And I was like, who's going to hurt him? I mean, he's like, you know, he's built like a tank. I would think more people worried about their children than you should worry about yours. And then she told me that Neil Cottle, if y'all remember him, he was an Auburn quarterback signee, went to Spain Park. He had got hurt a couple years in a row against Hoover. She was friends with Neil Cottle's mom. So she was calling me. So I had a great relationship with Tim Tebow. I had running coverage of him, one of the wildest recruitment uh, around. And then the second ties into that is one night, it's like two o'clock, you know, especially when I was younger, I was work, call kids till nine, 10 o'clock, write the stories till 12 o'clock, have them ready for the morning. And then I'd get, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, get my peace time. No kids, no wife. I can handle the remote control myself. One night, it's about 2, 1, 30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I see somebody pull up to my mailbox. I see him, like, stop, and I'm like, what the, like, what the hell is going on? And, I mean, I'm, I'm getting paranoid. Like, I don't know. I mean, my first thoughts were a rival fan or somebody's pipe bomb. You know, I'm pretty pretty much thought way too much of myself. You know what I mean? Like, it, in hindsight, I was like, I, you know, I'm not sure they blow up my mailbox. I feel like that's a firecracker. You know, I don't think we need – you know, to figure out how to make that. And I go out there and get that. Finally, I look around the corner and I get the tape out. It's Neil Cottle's senior highlight tape. Oh, my wow. dropped it off in the middle of the night. And I was like, and like Alabama wasn't even recruiting him, really. They weren't even really evolved. He was going to Auburn. But uh, that was a wild time. That was back, you know, with uh, Andres. For Bam, it was different because they didn't have five stars. It's absurd where they got because at the time it was – it was a win recruiting wise just to get Tim Tebow on campus, Andre Smith and Takeo Spikes. And then later on, you go from that. I remember trying to, you know, we used a lot of words like sleeper and, 
you know, underappreciated yeah. and, you know, under the radar with Mike Shula, who, who, who did do a good job. He gave Alabama Andre Smith, you know, Rolando McClain, some of those guys, to Nick Saban just pouring on the five stars. So it was quite the uh, the turnaround. And also, even, you know, for my run in this business, Alabama went from, like, DeBose to Shula. I lost a coach driving to an AAU tournament, like when texting was new. Like, you used to have to press one for A, two for B, three for C to get to oh, C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So word, man. So people would send you text with like four words because they just didn't have the energy to type it all out. And it was like Mike Price gone prostitute hotel. Are and I'm angels? driving to Houston and I'm looking at this flip phone like, what the, what the, like, what is that? I thought maybe he's recruit somebody. You know, I didn't understand. I called and they were like, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, literally, I don't believe it. But so, and then you get yeah, I was for 17 years, you know. That was going to be – that was something I definitely wanted to ask you about. Now, I, I do have to ask you this. I mean, how many texts have you gotten from Rusty Mansell that are just like that in the iPhone era? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Rusty. Yeah, the Rusty haiku. I don't know yeah. how Rusty – I don't know how Rusty texts. Why are seven words on four lines? <laughs> like, I don't understand what – I don't understand what he'd be doing. Like, I don't understand how that happened. Like, is he yelling shift? Like an old, yeah. like it does he like, like the, old, the old typewriters? Is he like the ding and pushing it over? What is happening with my Jeff? Guy? Yes, Jeff. Yeah. The Tell William, the yes. William Wadsworth Longfellow of uh, I look of at it, like, I know that could have been a sentence with. I look at that, and know it could have been a sentence with a period. He is, dude. Stop. He yes. is. <laughs> I tell you what, he's doing now. That's even more hilarious. Is he uh he sends the voice text watch? Yes, and he's talking for 38 seconds. It makes it's funny. My wife likes to listen because he's so funny, but <laughs> Rusty's such a good guy. And Jake and Rusty literally are two of my favorites. That's the irony. Like when we when they're mad on my board at Jake or Rusty or whoever, we, we you know, we're we're best friends. We've been we've been knowing each other forever, and you know, getting to know you, Jake, getting to know Palmer, you know, you know, that's a big part in Palmer getting a job. And uh, just a lot of respect for you guys. And they're the same way about me. So when they're saying like they hate, they hate us or, you know, you know, that like we're, and then they're like, I know y'all can't really get along. And I'm like, it's like the one guy said, and I told Rusty this tonight, I was going to the show. He's like, Tim, I don't care what you say. You might like Rusty's a homer. And I said, well, both things could be true. I never said Rusty wasn't a dog fan. Like, shoot, like, what you mean? Like, I like him. He just likes George. Like, we don't call each other and text each other mean. You know, me and Jake's never, like, text each other, ha-ha. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't really, like, we don't really get into that. I mean, even if we did, it would be tongue-in-cheek, you know. All, well, all I mean, stuff. it was, uh, I mean, I can't remember. We, it, was, it was the national championship game. It was the 17 national championship game or the 18 SC championship game. Like, I look down, and I've got a text from Watts, like, moments after the game's over, he goes, what a shitty way to lose. You know, and that yeah. it was just it was it was empathetic. I mean, it wasn't uh that's a you know, or what a what a bad way for you know, what a bad way for that to go down. It was I lived through the you know, kick six. So I when you live through the kick six, you know what I mean? You you gotta like give that love to somebody else. Now Auburn's got the fourth and thirty-one, y'all had that two and twenty-six. I mean, we've all got yeah. losses are okay, but dude, the bad beats, you know, the play, and you know what's so bad is every time you play them, that's gonna get live coverage. But like the Alabama and Auburn games, fans are like, Alabama fans, like, I can't watch it. That kick six is coming. Um, I'll be honest. I don't look either. I like look away and hit mute, say, is it over? You know, is that over yet? 
So, yeah, so I get it. You know, speaking of what Jake said, it was a terrible, just a sack touchdown was just bananas. But Rusty Manziel on that touchdown texted me within two minutes the photo he took of Smitty scoring, just so y'all understand, like, the friend, the fans to understand the friendship and the professionalism. We're talking behind the scenes on these recruits. Yeah, There's not a whole lot of us going, you know, Rusty's an idiot, Tim's an idiot. We're kind of – we're kind of talking just like we handled the T Rob situation, you know. Me and Jake and Rusty were talking, and you know, T Rob took the job on Saturday, you know, and then Sunday he was interviewed by Alabama, and Monday he stayed with Georgia. So, you know, we're just trying to do the best coverage we can, and you know, we can't really control the football games. They never asked me to call a play, they probably <laughs> I, ought to. A different well, time. I, I, you know, that's part <laughs> of the reason we started this show, man, was because we're friends with everybody, right? Like, even sure. on our own, even especially on our own beat, like people mm-hmm. think that there's this like hyper competitive and it's a competitive market, don't get me wrong. Sure, but we spend enough time with each other, man. These become your friends. I mean, you're all there for the same purpose. And these guys, you know, they like all you know, they like to go out and have a drink, they go like to go have a nice meal. I mean, so I and I assume the Bama beat is, is very similar in that regard. Yeah, you know, for me, I think the ones we hate are the ones that tie the ones that we like each other together. You know, there's always a there's always a guy or two we can't stand that we all kind of bond at the water cooler <laughs> yes. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred uh, uh, percent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's to you know, to me, it's just you know, it's a job. I mean, I just I know people have wives and kids and lives and like TV show and like sports. I mean, I've got a lot in common with, you know, with a lot of people in our industry, I don't, I don't let it get, you know, personal and I don't deal with personal. Look, I grew up, I had three brothers, two of them were big Tennessee fans. And when they were kicking Alabama around for 11 years or whatever it was, they didn't say a word to me. One, I'm violent, especially at that age, but two, they just didn't want to, they, you know, they knew I hated losing and it bothered me. They didn't want to rub it in. So when Alabama flips the script, I've never said, talk to them, you know, you know, our comments are, I mean, like I hate orange. I'm, you know, can't really tell now. I used to have really red hair. Of course I hate orange. That doesn't that doesn't work on me. I mean, there's nothing like I hate like the color. I can my wife looks great in it. I look terrible in it. So it's not anything personal. You know, I didn't like, you know what, Clemson, I hate your orange. No, I just, you know, I don't like orange. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, part of it's the camaraderie. And if they saw all of us at like a convention or the boys trip we do, they'd feel, they'd see it was different. I think they'd like us much better. And YouTube's helped that a lot. You know, I've had people that saw some of y'all or some of the other guys on other sites on YouTube and realized they don't have horns. You know what I mean? And they don't have tattoos that, you know, I hope Bama dies or, you know, any of that stuff. I think it helps. (laughs) We're just normal. Now I'm not going to say we're normal. We're normal by this business standards. We still got our, uh, uh, we still got our idiosyncrasies, I think here. Like Jake's, yeah, there ain't any doubt about it. What's that? I said, like Jake's handkerchief, I've been messing with him about. <laughs> hey, like I said, it's bigger than it looks. It's my head that makes it look small. It's it's my it's my great big old dolman. We don't have a cure for the head. Yeah, that's right. No neck. Got to get it. I you know I'll tell you right now. You know I've got like I've got the giant head. When I used to teach high school, there was this uh, there was this girl in the hallway. She used to make fun of how big my head was. And uh, she she just yelled at me one day in the hallway, and she goes, Coach Rowe, where your neck at? <laughs> in front of about 200 other students. So it was – I'm uh, glad 
I'm glad the way that went, because when you started out with, I'm going to tell you all something, I got this big head, but I thought, where's this going? Yeah. <laughs> like, where is this? Know. What's coming next? I've heard the big Bark feet. Bark after dark sometimes. You I've heard about know. the big feet theory, but I've never heard the big head. I thought Jake was, I thought Jake was taking me in the alley, but it got uncomfortable. <laughs> About to be an uh, episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, all right, oh, yeah. so we we ask questions to everybody. We each have a question we ask everybody before we send them off. Uh, and I'll go first. Uh, hey, listen, you uh, you've you're, you're dead. Imagine that you've died. You've left us, uh, but you get a chance to kind of plan your own deal, send your own self off. Who's uh, who's who's sending? Who's giving Tim Watts a homecoming? Comedian, singer, songwriter, poet, Rusty. Who? You know, I hope it would be someone who just didn't care a lot about me would make have some levity about the situation like a Bill Burr. I've told yep. Rusty, I've told Rusty and Shay Dixon that to save all the dumb tweets and all the dumb TikToks, saw some this week, um, and play that at my funeral. I don't want you to say nothing else. I want you to play all the things we laughed about when we shared jokes and we sent each other text and all the stuff that made us laugh. Because I know a lot of you guys will be in there dying laughing, including my wife, who, by the way, Rusty Manziel died laughing at something that happened the other day and sent me a 13-second video of him laughing. And <laughs> it was so – look, I kept it because – no no lie. I'm in a bad mood. I play Rusty because it was the most genuine <laughs> – I'm telling you, it's the most genuine laugh. Y'all heard Rusty, that genuine laugh that makes you yeah. love him. He played it, but it was hilarious because I was sitting in there and Rusty sent it and I played it. And he's like, Watts, and he's dying laughing. And my wife came out of the bathroom where she's flossing her teeth and she looked at the TV like, What happened? And I was like, No, that's Rusty. And she said, What happened? I showed her and I showed her what she's laughing at. She was dying laughing. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably just get cremate me and make a post on my board or something. I'll be, <laughs> I'm going to be a simple guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, listen. If you give me if you give me your login after you go, I, I'll just uh, I'll just keep posting on your board under your name <laughs> yeah. from beyond the grave. <laughs> they would love it. Well, uh, Y'all behave. Yeah. Y'all behave. We'll get, we'll, get you. Get we'll, your get Watts, we'll get a Tim Watts AI set up to do this uh, from beyond <laughs> the grave. We'll just keep your voice going. I think when I'm gone, they're done with me. You know what I mean? Like it's a get a run. We enjoyed him. We don't need him. We don't need to reincarnate it. Just let it go. Well, Tim, my question for everybody, and I'm excited to hear your answer to this because you're a traveler. You're a guy who's been around a lot. I know that, you know, covering basketball and football and, and traveling the world, you stay in a lot of places, man. So my question for everybody is, what is the worst hotel room that Tim Watts has ever stayed in? Oh, that's easy. So yeah. we were going to catch – I used to do all the Nike camp photos. I'm a, I'm a man of many talent, dog fans. You need to be friends with me. I got skills. I got stuff to teach you youngsters who hate me. So I was going to shoot the Nike camp, uh, and we were having Penn State and Michigan. And we missed our connecting in Detroit. And it's, oh God, bless. That's, I hate that airport to this day. Yeah, they that airport's me, rough. They sent me literally to rent by the hour hotel. I slept on top of the covers and still thought that's probably the wrong answer. I was going to strip the sheets off and lay on the mattress, which I shouldn't have looked under the sheets on the oh. mattress. Everything about it was bad. It literally was rust water. Every single thing about it. I hated it. I couldn't sleep. I ended up going there. 
you know, to the Nike camp and we were leaving from Michigan to go to Penn State. And then when I get on the plane connecting, they got to literally spin the propeller. I mean, it was the smoth like, are we about to spray the crops? What the hell? <laughs> I mean, what is happening here? This thing, like, I mean, it's a seatbelt like I'm in an old El Camino. It's just around my waist. I'm not putting it on. It's not saving me. That's going to prolong my misery. I'm going to go straight out. It was by far the worst. It was scary. The lights were on. It was noisy in the hallway. It was miserable. I'd miss my flight. It was a, it was a, that's the only really bad experience I've had, but it was a, it was a 10 on a scale of 10 of, I hate the world right now. Very upset. Nobody ever forgets. That's what I've learned in asking this question. Almost nobody forgets the worst hotel room they ever stayed in. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, for one, I planned it out really well. So if it's my trip, we do a lot of research, search, especially if we're traveling with the kids. Um, and two, obviously, I had no control over that, which made it even worse. In hindsight, I did have control over it because I had a whole rival's ass budget to go wherever the crap I wanted. <laughs> and I'm so stupid. I get loaded up on the, the short bus they had for me with everybody else and wheeled over here. I could just taxi yeah. to a nice hotel. Sure. <laughs> I would, yes, I could have. I just, that's again, that might have been a little on me, like Bryson when he didn't tell what he wanted to eat. That might have, in hindsight, I think that was on me, not on the, feel like I could have handled that better. Maybe this was a good therapy session. You know, maybe this, maybe we got like, some stuff out. I feel like the dog fans really, really have met me in the middle. I can, I can feel yeah. the love right now. Absolutely. Until I post I, a single update or say Bama might go 11 and 1 next year, and then we're back to normal. Bark after dark, bringing people together. That's the tagline. That's of the what show. we do here. That's, That's what we do. <laughs> do what we do. Hey man, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, and you know you're an hour behind us, so you got a little bit more of your evening to yeah, a little bit more of an excuse to come on than people in the Eastern Time Zone who, you know, waste their entire evening talking to us. So hey, I loved it, man. I appreciate it. I enjoy you guys. Dog fans are in gray. I love the site. Read the site every day. Um, not as much as BOL, but it's right up there with the LSU side. I read those three the most. Uh, just enjoy the content. You know, it's in the SEC. There's a lot going on, coaches, recruiting, a lot of matchups with BAM and a lot of things. So love what you guys do over there. We hey, appreciate we appreciate it, it man, and uh, can't wait to link up with you soon. All right. You guys holler at me anytime. All right. Thank you, All buddy. Do. Appreciate you, man. Tim Watts delivered. Funny show, man. Funny, Good funny stuff. stuff. Tim's awesome. Um, he's uh, if if you can believe it or not, he's even better. Um, you know, our little pre-show talk was awesome. Uh, he's even better remember, talking to him five, six times time a week. In, I remember a time in the not so distant past where you were you you did not enjoy talking to Tim. Hey man, Watts. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When I first came over to twenty four seven and got to know Tim, Tim had to teach me how to work, and Tim got after me a little bit, and. Uh, you know, now we're good friends. At the time, it was you know, Tim had to, you know, listen. Tim had to I whip remember. me into shape. I was raised by wolves. I remember it well, dude. I remember some of those flustered moments where, <laughs> I mean, just, <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were. It was very much like Tommy Boy when he's just like, forget it, I quit. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. You were that. You wanted to drive the car into the bridge abutment, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flustered, man. Flustered. A couple of those uh no one story, one story I hadn't told I hadn't told Watts this. Uh, you know, maybe he's not watching anymore, but if he is, I'll, I'll tell him this anyway now. But years ago, um, 
everybody knows about my camera fiascos at UGA. Uh, but the first summer I worked, the first preseason camp I worked for 24-7, um, Tim was like, hey, man, we're going to get you a camera because we want you to, you know, Gentry's going to write the practice reports. So you put up the photo gallery. I'm like, gotcha. Awesome. So I go out there. I get a bunch of practice. I get a bunch of photos first day, do a really good job. Second day I go out there and I uh, got to pack up the camera, get out there, take a bunch of photos. It's great. I'm just tearing it up. I get back in and go to pop the little top off the bottom and get the get the card out. It didn't have a card in it. Oh boy! Yeah, I just snapped a bunch of photos to nothing. <laughs> there were no photos. <laughs> so what I did was I grabbed the card and I snapped it. I broke it and then I put it back together just enough to where it looked like it was like it was you know damaged. And I oh took a picture God. of it and I said, I cannot believe it. My card got stuck in the camera <laughs> and I had to pry it out of there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never heard that story myself. I didn't yeah. know that. That is uh, you. you yeah, that was, that one was one. That was, that one was one that, that I was prepared to take to the grave. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the, so yeah, that oh, was boy. a, that was a fun one right there. Um, so I was checking, I was, you know, I mean, why are we call, still calling this Jake on Jake? I think we've gotten past that, haven't we? What I, I think so. Here, let's let's just call it what it is. Here, I got it. I got it. All right, all right. You handle That's it. That's what we do around here. We we Jake <laughs> off. All right. We this is what we do. I mean, you know, gather around, everybody, everybody get a comfortable seat and watch it, watch us Jake off. Bring your own towel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> keep a keep a safe distance. Yeah. Uh, so, right, so um, oh, you got are you prepared? Are you prepared? I yeah, I got one. Yeah, let's go. Go ahead. All right. So we, I do food all the time. So I'm gonna, I, I, and I thought about a, a food question, but then something else fat. came to me because it's not something it's not something we've uh, talked about before. You uh, let's assume you have unlimited budget. What is what are you gonna buy vehicle wise? I don't know what you're. I I mean I know you're a truck guy for sure, but if you can get your hands on something, and, and let's I mean I'm not I'm not limiting you to trucks because that's what you're into. I'm saying you get your pick. You can get uh, you know '69 Chevelle. You can get a whatever you want, man. Well, where are you going? Because you are a car. You're a bit of a car guy. Yeah, I mean I know a little bit. Um, it's definitely not gonna be a car. Um, no, sure. I mean, it's just this not, I'm not, I'm not a car guy. Um, you know, listen, you, you've had a profound impact on me in the land cruiser world. I will say that. Um, I saw like a 78 land cruiser. I think it was the other day, maybe it was a 79. That was, uh, it was a land cruiser with a bed with like, oh, a, yeah. with one of the back beds in it. Yeah, Dude, I loved it. I loved it so much. Like I looked in the windows and checked it out and somebody had cleaned it up and it had um it had two i mean i think this thing might have been used to traffic humans maybe at some point it had sure. two big long bench seats in the that that extended from the interior to the back bed um and, and dude it was it was beautiful chrome rims it was great it was in awesome shape um i talked to the guy who uh, i talked to the guy who owned it and he's like yeah i don't know how many like actual real miles it has on it the odometer reads like two hundred three thousand. he said but i think it's probably got like 150 more than that on it um but you know you've had an impact on the fact on me liking older vehicles that but i will say my my grandmother 
my great grandmother used to have an old Chevy Scottsdale that she kept in such great shape. It had the woven, it had the woven bench seat in it. And uh, when my grandmother was, let's see, my grandmother was in her seventies and uh, her name was Leona and her, her sister was named Eliza Ann and everybody called her Liza Ann. And uh, my uncle Cleon, who was way too blind and dangerous to drive, but he did anyway. Um, we used to it, Cleon, yeah, C L E O N, yeah. That's not a everybody called we called him Uncle Cleon. Uh, yeah. You're talking about rednecks here, Jay. You were talking about sure. The, sure. the the p- people that never lived on a paved road. Um, they wore bonnets and dresses every day, and and did work that they didn't have to do. But we would all pile into that car and go go grocery shopping at the Harveys and Pearson. And uh, man, I love that truck, and I would I would love to have one. Uh, that that would probably if I could get one like that and pay to have it completely restored exactly how I want to have it. That's probably what I'd do. I'm uh, you got me over here like digging around for them now, man. Uh, they are. That's yeah, I can't remember what car. what year it was. I want to say it was a, I want to say it was a '77 Chevy Scottsdale. It's a beautiful truck. Um, yeah, I think it was a '77. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and it was the, it was a, it was the two tone gunmetal, this two tone gray, um, yeah. with the uh, with the fat white stripe and the yeah, it was pretty yeah. much that one. It just wasn't quite in that good of shape. But I can't really show it. I'm sitting there saying that one, and I'm not even showing it on the screen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, kick kick ass truck, man! It was gorgeous. I'd love that, to have one. If of you those. had that today, if you had that today in that shape, I'm looking at these things, dude. These are like forty thousand plus. Yeah. Yep. I'd love to have it and, you know, get a little 400 small block in it. Um, sure. You know, just, just chirping them gears. <laughs> little Joe Deerte. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, so earlier today, um, I was, uh, what about you? What would you do? I land cruiser. That's what, that's what I yeah. want. Um, I want, you know, and for me, honestly, like as much as I love those really old ones, like the seventies models to me, it's those late eighties, early nineties that are still kind of boxy and, um, ah, God, they're beautiful, man. And I want, I, I'm really like having to talk myself out of it a lot here lately. Cause there's the company I bought my current vehicle from, uh, which is a, uh, it's essentially the forerunner, but it's got the turbo diesel in it and it's Japanese. They carry the Land Cruiser from the same era uh, from Japan. And I, that turbo diesel is really the thing for me, man. Like I I got so sick of having all these cars that were lemons and that that engine is like almost unbreakable. And um, so I'm such a, a huge fan and aficionado for those cars. To me, it would definitely, it would have to be a Land Cruiser. Just a big, just a badass tricked out one, man. The other day, I heard a uh, I, I saw a post on Facebook probably about three or four weeks ago, and it was um, talking about that Luke Bryan song "Knock Knock Knock Goes the Diesel," yeah. um, where he says that in the song, and he's like, "Man, you better take that to a mechanic, brother." Um, <laughs> just makes yeah. me every time somebody mentions a diesel engine now, so it makes me think what it makes me think about. Uh, so earlier today, I was um, I was in the car and uh, I wanted to introduce my daughter to some new music. And so I was like, what, what, what would kind of throw her off? And listen, I was never a big fan of this guy, even though I like some of his music, but I never was like, like, like Dean Leggy and Ryan Dennis are massive yeah. Dave Matthews fans. 
I uh, never, I was a pretty, I liked them fine. Like there was some of the stuff that really resonated with me and I put it on every burnt CD that I could get. Um, everybody, but, look, if you were making a CD for a girl, Crash was going on it. Yeah. Uh, I liked Crush more that, uh, okay. that, um, yeah, that kind of the more jazzy sounding song. I, I like yeah. that a lot more. Where are you going? I guess is a little bit yeah, more. Oh, of great. That's a great song. That, that's that a popped great off song. whenever I was like in 02, like my freshman year of college. Did yeah. you ever go through a Dave phase? And if you didn't, what did you think of guys who did go through big Dave phases? No, you know, I was, um, I, I think I'm a little young to have had a Dave Matthews phase. Um, like, you know, like the, when he was doing, you know, when I was kind of coming up, like, where are you going was kind of like, that was like my high school experience um, was, was that one. Um every day you know so i had yeah. to like kind of go i had to kind of like work backwards into that older stuff um yeah that was that that was the electric album if i'm not mistaken that everyday yeah. album was kind of like he had he had branched away from acoustic and did electric stuff yeah um but there was a girl i was really into in high school who was really into dave matthews and so i ended up listening to a lot of it you know i think that's probably a common story for a lot of dudes undefeated uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's like in Wayne's world. Where a lot of guys' girlfriends are in there, man. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I, I uh, no, I shout uh, out Rob Lowe. Yeah, I never really got into it though, man. I, um, uh, it's just not my thing. Now, I, I've actually seen Dave Matthews live. Um, okay. I, I saw him, uh, he played the Hangout Festival one year. And one of the most miserable experiences of my life, uh, was, was that concert. Um, because, people came in like i'd I'd been twice and like i'd seen foo fighters paul simon um five uh red hot chili peppers had played so like i'd seen some really huge acts people came out for dave matthews like nobody else man i mean i was watching we were so far back that the video screen we were watching was out of sync in terms of the noise coming from the stage like we were just buried in the back um and so I didn't dig it. Um, you know, Dave, I think it's got its place, but it's not something that I would just sit down and, and just listen to, man. Um, now, as far as people who went through that, to me, a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys. And, and I want to stop you here. I want to stop you real quick, because what I'm talking about is that are, are the are the guys who referred to him as Dave. Sure. You know, sure. like, you know who I'm talking about, like the I, ones absolutely. who. Who who had every album? They had Lily White confessions. They just they listened to him every time they were in the car. And and the reason I asked this is because I worked in a couple of restaurants. I worked at a couple of restaurants. I worked at Zaxby's was my first job that was not with my dad. And I worked at Ruby Tuesdays, both of okay. both of which were in Douglas, Georgia. Um, and uh, and both kitchens, dude, would blast Dave Matthews to that makes like, sense. That, that makes yes. sense to me. Yeah. Like Dave, Dave people were sort of like, I don't know. They were, they were like fish fans who took showers more frequently, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's probably the best way to think about it. I mean, I, it's, it was like a little bit, it was a jam band. Dave Matthews is like jam band for upper crust people, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Uh, to some degree, it, he attracts a classier fan in my opinion. Um, But you know, the people who got into like, to me, I always thought of them as like a lot of those dudes who were real into Dave Matthews, like transitioned into like John Mayer guys. Uh, you know, like there was a lot of like 
I can play satellite on the guitar. Chicks dig that, you know, like it was a lot. There was a lot of that to it um, in, in that whole time. I, I Like I said, there's a lot of Dave Matthews songs that I really like. Mercy is a really good song. Uh, I really like that one. Um, you know, but, and and another thing you got to give him credit for, because, you know, I've seen some videos and I've heard people talk about it. he works his ass off oh, yeah. in every show. Yeah. Like I'm talking about know, empties the tank. Did you know he's huge? Like, what do you mean? Like, he's like six, five. No, like Dave, Matthew, Dave Matthews is a, a big ass guy. Man. Six, two. Oh, six, two. Oh, I thought he was like six, five. I thought he was like, I thought he was huge. Well, all I know is he kind of he kind of made some money later on in life with uh, doing these Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, sure. did a couple of Adam Sandler movies later on in life, which I always thought was kind of weird. The Dave Matthews and Dan Adam Sandler. If you can get in with Adam Sandler, you should do that because there's a good yeah. chance he will feature you in a film. Hey, good um, work if you can get it. Did you? Were you into that though? I mean, were you like? Was does this Dave? Yeah, not you know not really, but I I. I so I saw the song, Where Are You Going? And I played it for my daughter and she liked it. And I was kind of like, it just took me back to something I hadn't thought of in such a long time. And that was like sure. the, the Dave people, you know, like the people oh, who just live. You know what was a great song? Was The Space Between. Yeah, good song. Oh, that, that was song. that was off of that Electric album, that Everyday yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, I love like, that I know a, I know a lot about it because I had a lot of friends and, and, and was around a lot of people who uh around a lot of people who um okay i got an alert on my phone joel Embiid scored 70 points tonight um so uh i, I was around a lot of people who just lived for him um dated a yeah. girl and dated a girl in in high school um who was like super into it i mean it never got serious between me and her but like she was just like dave this dave that all i want to yeah. do is go to a dave show um i actually probably listened to more john mayer than i did dave matthews to be honest with yeah you, but now you um, play you play a little you pick a little guitar don't you no, i don't pick any i can strum a little can you can you play satellite no god no oh i feel like satellite was like one of those those like songs that like everybody who had a guitar played listen i tried to play a few dave's things like i, I feel like i mean i'm not very good so I, i'm sure there are some guitar players out there that'll like shout this down but i always thought his stuff was really difficult to play um these these little sausages didn't do very good at it. I, know that. <laughs> I think dexterity maybe it may have been your issue. <laughs> well, a little, as, as our friend Noah says, lobster mitts. Yeah, absolutely, no question about that. All right, um, we've surpassed an hour. Um, we've done it again. Uh, we've just sit here and talked and listened to ourselves talk and watched the numbers dwindle down to almost nothing. Nah, there's plenty of people hanging around. We appreciate yeah. you guys. We love you guys. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary in a couple of weeks of Bark After Dark. We're working on a special guest. Um, he's special to us. I don't know what you guys will think of him. Don't really care because, um, you know, we love you guys, but we love us just as much. Um, but uh, and, but listen, after we do that anniversary show that first week of, of February, we will be taking the rest of February off from Bark After Dark, piling up some guests, getting the – getting it ready to come back strong in March, April, uh, before we take a month off in the summer. But for this episode, that's all we got. Y'all go to bed. Roof. 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 Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset 
or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York. 